0: I'm Jimmy Evans, co-host of the Marriage Today podcast. Today we have a great teaching for you that I pray grows your marriage and blesses you as you seek to center your marriage on Christ. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to be notified of every new show. God bless you. Love is an emotional commodity Mm -hmm. and you're not going to be able to love each other better than your emotions will allow. And if you're damaged, if you have low self-esteem, if you're, uh, you know, abused, and you haven't forgiven, whatever it is, so we have other teachings in the emotionally healthy marriage uh, series that talk about other dimensions of this. But the habits of emotionally healthy people, when you find a person who's emotionally healthy, they they talk, mm-hmm. they they pray, and they talk, and they are able to resolve negative feelings and have fun together. This is what the teaching is going to talk about here in just a minute. But let's talk, Karen, about some of the habits that we have today that we simply, and we're, because we are emotionally healthy. We're mm-hmm. both healed. Mm-hmm. We're happy. We're emotionally healthy. We can resolve our conflicts. We can, you know, deal with our issues and talk. But there was a point in time that we absolutely couldn't. And the difference between our lifestyle. See, it's, there are things that make you unhealthy and keep you unhealthy. There are mm-hmm. things that make you healthy. Talk mm-hmm. about some of those.
1: Well, I was thinking, you know, when we first got married, we were so young. And we didn't know anything about anything. Then we had a child. And, you know, and so it, we didn't really know to, to think about why we were feeling the way we we're feeling or why, you know, our emotions were so unhealthy. Because you get caught up in just living, you know, and being married and having children and working and, And then, but, you know, that's what I love about God. God's not going to let us stay the same. He loves us too much to let us stay the same. And so he's going to find ways to press us, you know, those little things that are going to keep us like, and you can listen to him early on in your marriage, or you can wait and it's not going to be as fun, you know. And so what I'm thankful for is we've gone through this stuff. We've done the, the bad and the good, you know, and so... The, the the things that we started out, you know, learning is what we want to give people today. And so I want to say, start somewhere, you know, in your marriage, wherever you're not healthy, start somewhere, start with your tiny little baby steps and just find right. one area that you can work on. Because sometimes it gets overwhelming. Sometimes our emotions are so strong. It's like, I can't even think, you know, and, yeah. you know, but if you'll just start with a simple discipline of like a date night, you know, just saying, let's we're going to take a week. Every week we're going to go on a date, no matter what. And make that a priority and a discipline. You'd be shocked at how much it's going to open up something in both of your hearts where you yeah. can start communicating.
0: Or just pray at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. You know, just begin to pray and to talk. And having fun is a big deal. You know, we need to be having fun in our marriages. The, the thing I want to say before I introduce the teaching here is that uh, we have resources. I have a book called Freedom From Your Past. It's on marriageday.com. But I have two very, very in-depth resources. One's called Twenty-One Day Inner Healing Journey. The other one's called Twenty-One Day Total Freedom Journey. Mm-hmm. And you can do them together with your spouse, and uh, go go through uh, one or both of those, and just let let your emotions be healed. And as that's happening, you can begin to develop a new lifestyle without bringing your your old your emotions with you. And here's here's what I want you to understand. See, if you're hurting, and if you're not emotionally healthy, uh, I I know people that run from marriage to marriage. And it's the old saying, everywhere I go, there I am. And whenever you run from marriage to marriage, you're going to take your hurts with you. And and by the way, we marry according to our level of emotional health. So when I'm not emotionally healthy, I'm going to naturally attract to a person that we're a match. And Karen and I were an unhealthy match when we got married. And so, you need to be healed and you need to develop a lifestyle of, of staying healthy and healed. This is what this teaching is about. We hope this was helpful to you today. Be sure and subscribe uh, to this channel if you haven't already, to the podcast and leave a review. We love hearing from you. So here's the teaching, The Habits of emotional Healthy couples. This is called The Habits of Emotionally Healthy Marriage because habits, disciplines, and traditions are everything in marriage. Your habits will predict your future. What you do on a regular basis is the most important thing in your marriage. It's not what you do every now and then. It's what you do regularly that's gonna predict your future. And so the word habit, the definition of the word habit is an acquired behavior pattern regularly followed until it has become almost involuntary. And when it says acquired there, it means at some point you begin. At some point you may not have had this habit forever. And by the way, research proves that it takes about 60 days, about two months from the time you begin to do something new until the wiring in your brain changes until it becomes a habit, an acquired behavior. And so almost involuntary. So when Karen and I get up in the mornings today, forty-three years later, after we get married, we're you know we, we're we're old married people. We're kind of on just autopilot, you know, and yeah. we there's just things that we do, and and thankfully they're good things that keep our marriage strong, that we're strong personally. But when we first got married, we had horrible habits that we got into that almost ended our marriage. So I want to talk to you about good habits in marriage. Let me say this: no marriage that is good is good because of chemistry uh, or because you married your soulmate or because of good luck. That doesn't exist. All marriage requires work. You have to work at marriage for it to work. In Genesis 2, 24, God gave us the four foundational laws of marriage. The first law is God says for this cause, a man will leave his father and his mother. It's the law of priority. Marriage only works in first place. If your work comes before your marriage, your marriage will not work. If your children come before your marriage, your marriage will not work. If anything except for Jesus comes before your marriage, your marriage won't work because the number one law, not principle, not truth, the number one law of marriage is it only works in first place. The second law of marriage, it says a man will cleave, he'll leave his father and mother, and cleave unto his wife. The word cleave there is not a familiar word to us in the English language. And so it's very difficult for us to comprehend it. But in the Hebrew language, it's the word babak. It says a man will cleave unto his wife. The word cleave means to pursue with all your energy. It means you work at it. From the, and by the way, the reason that we know that God didn't say that just to Adam and Eve is they didn't have a mother. It says for this cause a man will leave his mother and his father. God was speaking this to all people who would ever be married, And he was saying, marriage is only gonna work now if it's first in your life and if you're willing to work at it because marriage is work. You're gonna have to pursue your spouse with energy. And so this requires work. And so I wanna talk about the four habits of emotionally healthy couples. Now for some of you that are watching this, listening to this right now, you're you're saying, uh, after I get through with this message, you'll say, yeah, we do one of those or we do two of those. That's right, the ones that you're not doing, you're going to have to work at implementing this into your marriage. It's not going to happen automatically. But once you've worked at it for a month or two, it'll just become the default setting. And now you'll replace bad habits with good habits. For some of you, you don't do any of this stuff. But again, you can change a bad marriage simply by changing the habit patterns in your marriage. And the wonderful thing is, it doesn't take a long time. In a matter of days or weeks, you can have a new marriage simply by changing the patterns, the disciplines and traditions in your marriage so that you have and maintain a healthy marriage for the rest of your lives. So let me talk about the four habits of emotionally healthy couples. Number one is praying together and trusting God. Now this is one that came very difficult for us as a couple. You know, we prayed a little bit individually, but we really didn't know how to pray that well anyway. But it was several years into our marriage before we prayed our first prayer together. In fact, I think it was about four years into our marriage before we prayed our first prayer together. It changed everything. And today we don't worry. We, we do not, one of the ethics in our home is we do not let anxiety into our home about anything. When we, when there is the first hint of worry and anxiety, we hold hands and we pray. Karen and I used to walk in the mornings together for many years, we uh, don't do that as much anymore, but we have still have times that we pray together. Uh, we like to sit on the back porch at night and talk. And if there's anything in our family going on, that's the time that we, you know, pray together. in, in the car or just around the house or whatever, but find a time for it. And you know, you don't. Have, it doesn't have to be legalistic, but you should be praying together as a couple, two or three times a week. Especially if there's something going on that causes anxiety or stress, it really, really dramatically helps. Number one, praying together and trusting God. It should be a habit in your marriage. Number two, resolving negative feelings daily. Ephesians four, it says be angry. The apostle Paul's telling us how to deal with anger. Be angry, don't sin, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Nor give place to the devil. So I talked about that last time. Be angry. It's okay to be angry. There's nothing wrong with anger. God gets angry. So yesterday's anger is a problem. Today's anger is not a problem. Don't sin. Don't be unchristian. Don't be mean spirited. A lot of times, Christian people, especially in marriage, do really immature, non-Christian things, justifying it. Don't do that. Go ahead and have have anger in your marriage. That's a healthy thing when it's present. Don't sin. Don't let the sun go down in your anger. This is a habit. Don't ever let the sun go down in your anger. You make a habit in your marriage. We're not going to go to bed angry. Let me let me say about this and that is, the later it gets, the more humble you'll become. If you make if you make a just a, a discipline that says we're not going to go to bed angry. You know, I, Karen and I both go to bed early, and so the later it gets, the more humble I become. About ten o'clock, eleven o'clock at night, it's all my fault. Six or seven at night, I still have a lot of fight in me. But later it comes. I'm, so. I just say, I'm sorry, let's go to bed. So we're not gonna go to bed angry. You'll give the devil a foothold. If you go to bed on anger, Diabolos, the slanderer, will interpret your spouse's behavior. And after three years of marriage, every belief I had about Karen Evans came from the devil. I was completely convinced that Karen was all of the problem and she was the wrong person for me and that I had made a mistake. That's what happens when you go to bed on anger. I was under the influence of Diabolos. So let me say two things. If you're going to have anger in your marriage and be able to process it, see, good marriages are not marriages without anger. Everybody gets angry, okay? Good marriages are marriages where you can process it quickly. You can get bad emotions out of your marriage quickly, okay? So how do you do that? Number one, you give your spouse the right to complain. In a good department store that you go to, they have a good customer relations counter. And it, they don't shame you when you bring something back because they're trying to please you. They're trying to be a good store. That's a good spouse. A good husband, a good wife says to their spouse, I want to do the best I can. I know I'm not being a good husband till you tell me I am. I know you're, I'm not being a good wife until you tell me I am. I'm trying to please you. I'm not trying to please me. So I'm not going to be defensive. And so if there's ever anything that I'm doing that's bothering you, I won't, I won't shame you. I won't yell at you and I won't make you pay a price. Now, I may not agree with you. We may have to talk through it, but I want you to know that I have a customer relations counter because I really want to be the best spouse I can be. And if you have something to say, I want you to say it. Let me say this now. In all the marriage counseling I've done over the years, you find a really bad marriage, they can't talk. And if someone complains, they go ballistic. You, You have to be able to get things out if you're gonna have a functional, healthy marriage. The second thing is this. So I have a customer relations counter where I want you to complain. But there's a big difference between complaining and criticizing. Complaining and criticizing are opposite. Listen, you can't criticize in marriage. Criticizing is pointing your finger and making accusations. And you come at your spouse, your spouse says, well, I want you to complain. If, if you need to complain, you say, well, you did this and you did this and you, you can't do that. Immediately people get on the defensive when you begin to come at them and criticize. Complaining is not about you. Complaining is about me. So let's say Karen said something that hurt my feelings. And I come to Karen and I say, Karen, I, I need to say something to you and I, I love you. And, you know, we're on the same team. We're going to get through this. But you said something to me that bothered me. I have no idea what you meant by it. You probably didn't mean anything by it. But can I tell you how it made me feel? That's what complaining is. I'm, not a t- I'm just telling you how I feel. So I'm not making any accusations that you... I'm not attacking you, I'm not impugning your character, I'm simply saying, and I may feel this way because I'm immature. I may feel this way because I'm misunderstood. I may feel this way because I'm just sensitive because of something that happened before. But I just wanna be honest so I can get this out in the open and we can get this, get this done. Okay, criticizing, Karen says something to me that hurts my feelings, here's what criticizing is. You know, Karen, you said that and it hurt my feelings, I know exactly what you meant by it because you're evil like your mother. and you were trying to pay me back, I know exactly what you did. So the judge and jury have met, you're guilty, but if you'll confess, we'll go light on you. (laughs) See, everybody hates that, everybody hates that. So in a good marriage, we can process anger because we're not gonna go to bed on it, give the devil an opportunity, but we have an open customer relations counter where you can come and complain and we're going to deal honestly and righteously with each other. Anger comes and goes and the love stays. Number three, habit of emotionally healthy couples is having fun together and being best friends. It's how you fell in love. You know, you fall in love having fun together. You fall out of love because you stop having fun together. And by the way, this is one of the most important needs of men, Uh, when the top four needs of men, period, being friends with their wives is a major, major need of men. We want to be buddies with our wives. We don't want to be mothered by our wives. We had a mother. We don't want another one. We want a wife. And we want our wife to be our buddy. There's a preacher in Houston who tells a story of a couple whose marriage had become very um, bad. And uh, they were really dealing with a lot of problems. And so the husband was going hunting. And the wife did not hunt. But this was a very smart wife. And the wife said to her husband, can I go hunting with you? And, uh, and they have been having a lot of trouble in their marriage and he said, you don't hunt. She said, I know, but I wanna go hunting with you. He was a little worried, she wanted to get him in the woods with a firearm. <laughs> and as you can imagine, that, that was a little troublesome. But it healed their marriage. She came out of her world into his world, they had fun. Listen to me, you're never better than when you're having fun. You show me a husband and a wife having fun together, you're at your very best. We fall in love because you take sex and fun away from marriage, you have a business relationship. And marriage is a rotten business relationship. We need to be having fun with each other in marriage. It just simply means one is a date night. You ought to to have a date night every week. It's a good discipline. It's a good habit of good marriages. A date night means our kids are not going to run our lives. We love our kids. We're going to get our kids taken care of. But we're not gonna let work and kids and everything suck out the romance and fun from our marriage. We're gonna find something fun to do. We're gonna go to a lot of trouble and we're gonna go do it regularly so that we do not lose the skills of pursuing each other and romance in our relationship. And if we have lost them, they'll come back. The other thing is just having time alone together. Karen and I, when our kids were younger, uh, we were broke. We didn't have any money. I mean, we were broke. and. But we made a discipline of going somewhere every six or seven or eight weeks together for a, a night or two. We would get my family or somebody to take care of our kids. And we went to Pampa, we went to Lubbock, we went to Oklahoma City, we would drive. We, we would scrape together as much money we had to buy a motel cheap motel room for a night or two. And, and we would take our food with us because we couldn't afford to eat out. And we would just go in many times into a, a motel room, shut the door and stay there for two days. And we came out, and I'm telling you, we were refueled for another six to eight weeks. We have, Karen and I have fun together. And so having fun together and protecting that is important, number four, this is the last one, number four habit is building close relationships individually and as a couple with other believers. You're, this is First 1 Corinthians 15, 33, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Your friends are your future. Uh, Remember here it says evil company corrupts good habits. If you raise children with good morals and put around bad kids, those bad kids will corrupt your kids. If you have good beliefs and you put yourself, your close friends or unbelievers, people who don't value God, they don't value their marriage, you're going to end up like your friends. And it says, if you don't believe that, you're deceived. And so Hebrews 10 says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. And the word day, there's capital D. It means the coming of Jesus. It means as the coming of Jesus draws near, the world is gonna be so evil, we need to get together with other believers more than ever before. And I'm saying to you, this is the most evil time in the history of the world. If there's ever been a time when we need to pursue and build relationships with other believers, it is right now. On Friday uh, afternoon, two days ago, Karen and I had lunch with Tom and Jan Lane. Tom Tom was a pastor here uh, for many years. Uh, we came on staff together. Tom walked up to me one day in church and said, "Would you and Karen go out to eat pizza with Jan and me?" We didn't know we didn't know we didn't know anybody in church. I mean, they were the first couple that we knew. And we went to eat pizza with them after uh, church, and we got to know them. Let me say this now: I was struggling. There were things in my life as a Christian that I was struggling with at that time. I was 25 years old. And uh, we came to Trinity. I felt like the most unspiritual person in this church. And Tom, Tom and Jan's relationship was just absolutely critical in that time in our lives of helping us to mature as believers. And I thank God that we met them and became close to them rather than someone with a compromised faith and a compromised marriage. And I'm saying to you, your friends are your future, and you can love everybody, whether they're wherever they are in their walk with Christ, but your closest relationships need to be with strong believers. And the very best place to meet strong believers is in church, is in a life group, and like that. But when you look at couples who are chronically healthy, they're people of prayer and people of faith. They don't let anxiety build up in their relationship. They have the ability to resolve negative feelings and get the anger out of the way so they can keep the love there. They're friends, they, they enjoy being with each other, and they value their relationship and prioritize their time together and don't let anything get in the way of it. And they have other believers around them who are a support group to them and help them do the right thing. Hey, this is Brent Evans with Exo Marriage, and I wanna thank you for listening to the Marriage Today podcast. We believe your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. If you enjoyed today's teaching and want to keep learning, Hey, subscribe to the Marriage Today podcast and take some time to leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word and can encourage someone else in need. For more great marriage content, check out ExoMarriage.com, where you can see all of our marriage building resources, articles, and live events.